rather you live your life in vanity You traded all your hopes and dreams for insanity this is Father Harry Dean, a priest of the Diocese of Austin with the Restorative Justice Ministry. Welcome you today to our program with Renee Brown, the Director of Counseling Services for Catholic Charities of Central Texas, and Deacon Ronnie Lastavica, our coordinator of pastoral care for all of the units in Gatesville of those who are living the incarcerated life. And we are addressing today the topic of trauma and sexual abuse. This is a reality of the life of many of our friends in incarceration and many of you who are not incarcerated as well. We would like to say that this is going to to be explicit uh, information. We'll touch on things that we hope and pray will be very good for people who have experienced trauma and sexual abuse. For those of you who have, when we get to a particular part, if it begins to be too sensitive or too painful, you may want to step away from the radio. And for all of our parents, this is uh, going to be material that's for mature audience. And so you may want to take care when we get to certain sections if there are children in the room. But uh, let's begin. And uh, first of all, Renee, let me just ask you, what is trauma and how is it defined? So um, trauma is um, it's a traumatic event. It's sudden. It's unexpected. Um, it can be physical harm, you know, in nature, or it can be the actual physical harm. It's going to be intense, um, and it's going to feel overwhelming. Um, it has several components to trauma. So it's going to feel like these intense feelings of helplessness, maybe a lack of control, maybe the person is experiencing terror. Um, It can be uh, threatening not only physically, but like mentally and emotionally, um, maybe through violence or even just a threat of violence. Um, It can also have like a a person might experience a catastrophic response to trauma. And so when we think about trauma, it could be uh, school violence, it could be community violence, neglect, uh, sexual abuse, rape, uh, it, could, it could be a car wreck. So trauma can be a little bit different for everybody. And in, in looking at that, there can also be what we call mass traumas and individual trauma. So a mass trauma or a group trauma is something like a, if you've uh, a school shooting where maybe a whole classroom is affected, or if you had a group of refugees that were being mistreated as a group, um, in the past, I've worked with refugees from around the world, and so stories that were shared um, were maybe people were gathered up and incarcerated as a group, and then they're mistreated as a group, like where they're stripped of their clothing and they're beaten and such things like that. Um, and then individual trauma refers to an event that's going to only occur with one person, and it could be a single event like um, a mugging, a physical attack, a rape. So it's that individual person, but it could also be a situation of um, multiple uh, prolonged events. Um, I had a client who was, um, once again, a refugee who was um, beaten. She was, in, uh, she was captured, and then she was, like, beaten. She would have water poured on her. She would be raped. So it was prolonged Um, trauma, prolonged torture. Or if a person's had multiple sexual 
assault. So when we think about people who maybe are survivors of childhood sexual abuse, it may not have been one time that they were sexually abused, but maybe they were uh, sexually abused multiple times. I had a client um, when I worked in domestic violence who had experienced sexual abuse at the hand of her grandfather, her father, and her uncle. And so, and it was years, you know, of, of that type of abuse. So trauma can be a single event or it can be an event that's, you know, been reoccurring. And so just to give you some examples of trauma, it could be um, an avalanche, you know, that sounds really strange to us in Texas, but it happens in other places, but like hurricanes, tornadoes that create a lot of damage, um, uh, a roofing accident, a train derailment, car wrecks, uh, if you've been in a serious car wreck, um, explosions of some sort. Um, we had a friend who their house blew up to a to a gas line thing. And so thankfully they weren't home, but just in knowing about it, it was very traumatic. Um Acts of terrorism, sexual assault, homicides, suicides. Um, when I taught school, I had a student who actually, at, at the age of like seven or eight, saw her mother shoot her father. So that was a traumatic event that created trauma for her. Domestic violence, school violence, bank robbery. Um, I had a, a client I worked with a few years ago who had been um, robbed at gunpoint. And then they assaulted her with the gun. So once again, a traumatic act, school violence. Um, those are just some of the acts that could be uh, traumatizing for people. And then often trauma will differ some for men opposed to women. And so some of the information I found, in, and I was sharing earlier with you, Father Harry, and so the listeners will know trauma, there is a lot of information about trauma. We could talk for days about trauma um, but I'm trying to condense it, but I found this information so interesting. And so um, some of the information I found was on, we say SAMHSA, but that's probably not the way you really say it. Um, it's S-A-M-H-S-A, that's the acronym, but it's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. They have an online uh, booklet. It's really a book. It's like 350 pages, and it is devoted to nothing but trauma. So that's where a lot of this great information is coming from. And so one of the things, I mean, I've always known that in the processing of trauma, men and women may differ a little bit, but I found it so interesting because they shared that sometimes um, men will have a different traumatic experience than women. Women are often um, traumatized sexually and it's by somebody they know or it's, it's domestic violence and it's somebody they know, somebody they trust, where men, it's often a little different because it's more um, like they've been involved in a mass thing, you know, like they were uh, involved in a mass shooting or maybe they were at a school where there, there was a mass shooting or something like that. It's not as typical for men to be maybe sexually assaulted in the outside world or maybe uh, to be involved in domestic violence, although they can and so sometimes it's a different trauma situation for men. Renee, what help us understand the impacts of trauma? So the impact of trauma can be just so devastating and, and, and different for everybody. You know, doing this work, sometimes I, 
I always know that the people that come to me are individuals. Sometimes we get caught up in the acronyms. Like, does somebody have anxiety? Does somebody have depression? Does somebody have trauma? And then we kind of pigeonhole them. And and as a clinician, I always had to back away and remember that every individual is going to be impacted differently. And that difference is going to be it's due to their experiences and their backgrounds, right? So it means one person maybe could be raped. And for both, two people could be raped. It's going to be traumatic for both. But how they cope with it could be totally different due to experiences. How they perceive it could be different due to uh, their background of experiences. But um, it can affect individuals um, differently. It can be... um, hurtful differently. The responses are often different. Some people will hold on to something forever. Maybe they don't have those coping skills and resilient pieces. And so they can kind of stay stuck in trauma a little longer. Um, It can, what happens is it affects a person's belief about the future. Okay. Um, Because they tend to lose hope. So that's kind of a commonality among all people that have suffered trauma, um, it limits their expectations of life. Um, it brings about a fear. You know, we like to kind of feel like we can go through this world being somewhat fearless, and then trauma can establish fear for people. Um, I can tell you our house burned down in 2008, and I don't like candles in my house. I have a burner, but I don't light flames in my house. And I dealt with this years ago, but still there's that lingering piece for me, right? Um, it It can make normal life events very challenging, access to education, access to jobs, to have really good, significant, uh, committed relationships, good opportunities for work. All of that can be affected by trauma. That's the impact. Wanted to ask about just a, I have a question for you here, but I wanted to ask about a couple of things just as examples. Would the recent ice storm where we went through would that be considered something that was a traumatic event? That's one I wanted to ask. And then growing up on the street, if I have to grow up on the street, it, it, would that be considered a traumatic event? Uh, both of those. Oh, so in terms of like the ice storm, you know, and people are at home and. Maybe they didn't get enough food ahead of time, or maybe their electricity is out. You think about it, those are basic needs, right? And when our basic needs can't be met, or we feel like we're stranded and our basic needs can't be met, that can be very traumatizing. You know, I think I, I like to think I have good mental health, and I can remember when the when the ice storm hit and my electric was off, I know it's going to come back on. But it's like, when is it going to come back on? And how do I deal with all these things that are going on? And then, because you're isolated, right? That ice storm kept everybody in for the most part. It kept you at home. So then you're kind of isolated from the world, except if you have people at home with you. So it can be very traumatizing because you can actually feel trapped in that situation. Like, you may not be able to see that it's going to be over. If you don't have that, that resiliency and some of those coping skills, it can be very traumatizing. And grow, growing up on the streets, absolutely. You know, I know in a previous segment, we talked a lot about the ACES test, which I know some of the um, prisons, I'm not so sure about Texas prisons, but in research I've read from other states, they're actually 
going into prisons and giving incarcerated people, and it's called the ACEs test, and it's uh, um, adverse childhood experiences. And what they look at are, what what did you experience as a kid? Because if you had at least four on this criteria, then it means you've experienced probably some trauma. So if you grew up in a situation where your mom is working two or three jobs and she's never there and you're kind of left on your own, you know, and you're just kind of running around and doing what you want to do and maybe nobody's cooking dinner for you, nobody's making sure you're doing that homework, that can be very traumatizing. And then you don't really know what's going on. My um, my former husband was that way. He kind of grew up on the streets. His mom worked three jobs. He had older siblings who were actually very abusive physically to the other ones, right? So when mom would go to work, the older ones didn't want to have to watch the younger ones. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. So they would lock the kids in the attic and wouldn't let them out, maybe until she got home. And they often wouldn't have any food or anything. And it would be summertime sometimes, and they were up there in the hot attic, right? And so these were children kind of living in the streets, running the streets because mom's working several jobs. And they're just doing what they want to do. And without that guidance and that structure, you know, they're actually uh, creating a lot of trauma for those younger siblings. Well, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Let me get to the the question then. So all of that described, what are some common immediate responses or reactions to to trauma? So when we look at um, immediate responses and in a minute, we're going to look at some of those delayed responses. They they come about in different categories. So we're going to be looking at emotional, we're going to look at physical, we're going to look at cognitive, which is our thinking, and we're going to look at behavioral and then essential. I actually didn't say that right, but it's one of those words that I always have trouble with. Um, So when you think about those immediate responses emotionally, you may have people who are going to... um, experience anxiety. They're going to experience maybe severe fear. Um, You know, you all are aware that my daughter was incarcerated um, for 18 months um, in Gatesville, one of the prisons there. This is, what, four years out that she's been released and she still can't sleep in the dark, right? She has to have the light on at night. So that's really a delayed, but it talks about to that emotional piece, right? That fear of the dark. She doesn't want to be in the dark. Um, people may experience anger. So maybe those feelings of being frustrated, they're overwhelmed. Maybe they feel rejected. Maybe they feel trapped, you know, in that moment. Um, they may be experiencing helplessness, sadness. Um, it could even be this disper- uh, dispersonalization where they feel like it wasn't real. You know, for a few minutes, they may have felt feel like this didn't really happen. This is unreal to me. Um, and I've had a lot of uh, people in a delayed way ex- exp- explain that to me when they've been raped. Those moments after being raped, it felt like this was unreal. I can't believe this just happened to me. Um, maybe they feel like um, as if they're watching, they're being watched. Um, They may feel disoriented. Their emotions may be all over the place. They may feel out of control. There's always, um, there could be denial. Denial is a common one that we hear about a lot. Um, Maybe their feelings, some people are going to 
be very animated in feeling, but other people could be restricted in that feeling. Maybe they're showing no emotion at all. And again, that feeling of overwhelmed and then detachment and numbness. Some people are going to numb. They don't want to feel any of that. So then when we look at those immediate physical reactions, a lot of because uh, trauma affects you physically. It's not just the emotional and the mental. It does affect you physically. So people may be uh, shivering, shaking, sweating. They may feel like they're going to faint. Um, they may be nauseous. Um, they may notice that they're having trouble breathing or that their heart, you know, is racing and it's beating really hard. Um, they just may feel like they're exhausted. They're fatigued. Um, and maybe their uh, startle response is on high alert. You know, like you walk up on them and they just kind of jump. That startle response has changed. And then in terms of like the cognitive, those immediate cognitive reactions, it could be difficulty concentrating um, or maybe they're experiencing racing thoughts. You know, that traumatic event is running over and over and over through their head and they just can't seem to cut that off. Um some people may experience like a distortion with time and date. They may not really realize what time it is, what date it is. All that gets a little confusing. Um, they may have some memory issues. Um, one of the things that to me is always challenging when I watch some, you know, police shows, right? They're talking to the person, you were just sexually assaulted, you were just raped, and they expect them to remember all these details and right now, they're just trying to cope with what just happened to them. And so that that memory piece may not be there for a while. They may not be able to immediately remember what happened. Um, and in some cases, you're going to find people who will strongly identify, you know, with um, the victim as well. And when we look at behavioral, they may be restless. You know, they just can't sit still and maybe... They're going to start having some sleep and appetite disturbances, so they may not be able to sleep well anymore. Their appetite might be changing. Um, maybe they're eating too much, or maybe they're not eating enough, or they're eating and drinking things that normally they wouldn't. Um, and difficulty expressing self. You know, they just may be challenged with expressing uh, verbally what they're feeling, what they're thinking, um, that may be a challenge for them. They may become very argumentative, and you could see an increase of uh, drug use, alcohol, uh, because they're trying to cope with everything that's happened. Or you may notice that they're withdrawing, you know, and there's just this sense of apathy. You know, they don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to deal with anything. They're just withdrawing from everyone around them. And maybe there could be some avoidant behaviors. Like, I want to avoid talking about this. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk to you. I'm just avoiding it. They might change the subject when you try to bring up things. And then, <clears throat> so for the immediate, um, gosh, this word always just gets me. Existential. There we go. Existential? Thank you, yeah. Father Harry. There That's the one. Thank you. So, you may notice like this intense use of prayer. Like you may have never noticed this person really praying so much, but maybe they're constantly in prayer because they're needing that comfort. And you may notice a restoration of faith, you know, in the goodness of others. It's, it sounds almost strange, but because um, you would think it might be the opposite. But in that immediate moment, they may need that faith and 
you know, that restoration of faith can come about. Um, and despair, that could be the opposite that they're feeling, right? Despair about humanity. Um, and there will be some people who will be like, you know what? I'm not into God right now. He abandoned me in that moment of me being traumatized or whatever. And then um, it could be like just the assumptions that they have about life are disrupted. So where maybe they thought there was goodness in the world, where they felt safe in the world, where they felt like everything was fair, now all of a sudden that is gone. They don't feel any of those things anymore. What are some of the common delayed responses or reactions to trauma? So some of the delayed um, reactions to trauma, um, if we look at, so again, we're going to be looking at those same areas again. We're going to look at that emotional. We're going to look at the physical. We're going to look at the cognitive, which is your thinking, behavioral. And I'll let Father Harry say that word for me again. Existential. Thank you. Um, so when we think about some of the delayed emotional reactions or responses that you know people may have uh, to trauma, it could be depression. It could be mood swings, you know, that instability of their mood. Their mood may be all over the place. Maybe they're hostile and irritable. You know, you just, it's really challenging to kind of be around them. Um, they may be having some grief reactions or there could be this fear that the trauma is going to happen again. You know, they're afraid of that reoccurrence. Shame is a very common one and often like blaming of self. Um, that's especially, I think, prominent when I worked in domestic violence. You know, a lot of women would take on the blame for what somebody else did to them. And there was this factor of shame woven in there. Um, feelings that they're fragile or that they're broken. Um, and maybe difficulty with being vulnerable. You know, if I've been traumatized, especially if I was sexually abused, I don't want to be vulnerable to anybody. Um, emotional detachment. Right. You may see like that they're becoming emotionally detached from their children, from your family. Um, conversations even about self may be too much. They're just detaching from everything because uh, it may remind them if I have to talk about me, I how do I talk about me without talking about the trauma? Because what happens is often we become kind of enmeshed with our trauma um, when I'm working with clients, I'll, I have a visual. I kind of hold my arm out like i am got my arm around a friend, right? In some respects, it almost feels like trauma becomes that friend. Who am I without this trauma? They can sometimes become enmeshed. So, um, And then the delayed physical reactions, um, maybe people are experiencing nightmares. Um, your sleep patterns are completely off. Like maybe you fall asleep easy, but two hours you're you're awake, right? You know, or you can't fall asleep at all till like five in the morning, but you have to be up at seven. So their sleep patterns are, are off. And then they may experience somatization, which is within the body. And we're going to talk about that more in our next session. But it's really about the body, our body aches and pains. Often people think that they have symptoms of something more wrong with them. And it's really that they've developed like somatization due to trauma. Um, once again, um, appetite, digestive changes, they could have stomach aches, um, maybe persistent tiredness and fatigue. Um, their resistance may be lower, so they're catching colds easily, things like that. 
Um, and then for long term, it can harm people long term, like liver problems, heart problems, just things like that. Your immune system constantly being down. And then when we think about the cognitive, you know, our thinking and some delayed thinking, um, people will often experience intrusive memories and flashbacks. So when we talked about flashbacks, I know in another session, so flashbacks are just a little picture that pops up in your mind is the way I like to explain it to clients. And so if you've been sexually assaulted or some kind of traumatic event, you know, you could just be washing dishes one day and you may have a flash before your eyes of something that occurred from that traumatic event. Um, Reactivation of previous traumatic events. So if a person, and most of us have had multiple traumatic events, it's just in our minds, maybe one was a little more traumatic than others, but you experience a new traumatic event, it may reactivate old traumatic events. And so that can happen quite a bit especially for people who've been sexually abused. Often if they didn't get counseling, they think, oh, I dealt with that or I'm over with, it's over. And then something will happen later in life where they'll uh, experience a different trauma, but it's going to reactivate that old trauma of the sexual childhood abuse. Um, Maybe they're involved in self-blame, like we talked about a minute ago with people in domestic violence. That's a commonality. Maybe there's a preoccupation with the event. They just can't stop thinking about it. It may affect their ability to make decisions of all sorts. They may get into what we call magical thinking, right? And they believe that if they're avoidant, if they just avoid certain behaviors, it's going to protect them from future trauma, right? And that that just can't happen. Um, they may believe that um, some of their feelings and some of their memories are dangerous to them, Um And they may experience triggers, but they kind of try to generalize those. When we look at behaviors, once again, we're back to that startle reaction. Um, Maybe they're rest. Oh, sorry. I'm on the wrong side, guys. Um, Social relationship disturbances, meaning they have a lot of trouble. They're experiencing trouble with friendships and relationships with family members. Um, They're going to avoid any kind of event that's going to remind them of You know, the traumatic event, if you were in a school shooting, you may never want to go to that school again, even for a PTA meeting or something like that. Um, But there are those people who will now engage in high-risk behaviors that they never engaged in before. And um, once again, that increase of drugs and alcohol or maybe the withdrawal from others. Um, And then delayed, what is our word, Father Harry? Existential. Thank you. Um, So some of those pieces could look like... um, The why me, why me, that constant questioning of why me, Um, increased delusionment with the world, cynicism about the world and the people in it. Um, Maybe they feel like they've lost their purpose in life. Maybe they're feeling hopeless. But on the other hand, you may have those people who now have renewed faith and maybe they're establishing some um, new meaning to life. So it's so dependent upon the person experiencing the trauma, whether it's highly detrimental to where they almost can't function in the world, to maybe some changes where they've renewed faith and renewed relationships and those sorts of things. You've been listening to Renee Brown, Director of Counseling Services for Catholic Charities of Central Texas, along with Deacon Ronnie Lastavica, who is the Coordinator of Pastoral Care 
for the Restorative Justice Ministry in the Diocese of Austin in the uh, Gatesville region, and myself, Father Harry Dean, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Austin in Restorative Justice Ministry, and we're addressing the topic of trauma and sexual abuse. Uh, we'll have uh, five sessions on this. We have uh, many more topics to cover, many more uh, things to uh, kind of unfold and unpack for everybody. Uh, we hope and pray that this has been a uh, useful time and just we're barely beginning to scratch the surface here, but we are going to definitely unpack a whole lot more. And our prayer for all of us is just to have a greater sense of what trauma really is, how it really does impact people, whether it impacts us individually a, a different way. That doesn't mean it, it's not real for other folks. And so uh, we want to be there for people. We want to be there to help them, to companion them, to assist them, and show that compassion and mercy that the Lord himself has shown us as well. Um, I want to share a prayer from the uh, Book of Blessings uh, that's uh, – place there for people who have experienced trauma or oppression in their lives. So we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Throughout history, God has manifested his love and care for those who have suffered from violence, hatred, and oppression. We commend all souls who have experienced any of these to the healing mercy of God who binds up all our wounds and enfolds us in his gentle care. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Brother, if you walk with me, brother, 